Hey, you're listening to the Speaking of Music podcast. Hey guys, we're back. And this week, we're going to talk about Five Seconds Flat by Lizzie McAlpine. Let's kick it off with some background info. That's a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, Five Seconds Flat is the second album from Lizzie. And it was released April 8th, 2022. And the singles were Doomsday, Erase Me, All My Ghosts, Reckless Driving, and Hate to Be Lame. There are 14 tracks in total. Okay, let's move on to rankings now. I can start with my rankings. So my rankings are Erase Me, Reckless Driving, All My Ghosts, Orange Show Speedway, Called You Again, Hate to Be Lame, Firearm, Feelings, Weird, an ego thing, doomsday, chemtrails, what a shame, and nobody likes a secret. Okay, uh, my rankings are Reckless Driving, Erase Me, All My Ghosts, Orange Show Speedway, Called You Again, Doomsday, an ego thing, Hate to be Lame, Chemtrails, Ceilings, Firearm, Weird, Nobody Likes a Secret, and What a Shame. And my rankings are Doomsday, Reckless Driving, An Ego Thing, Hate to be Lame, Erase Me, all My Ghosts, Orange Show Speedway, Called You Again, Chemtrails, Ceilings, Firearm, Weird, What a Shame, and Nobody Likes a Secret. I think definitely a good variety here. Mm-hmm. Healthy variety. <laughs> <laughs> to start off this conversation, I think we should go in order. Um, and the opening track is Doomsday. I think we can let Victoria start with Doomsday. Doomsday Stan over here. <laughs> I am. I think that it's pretty (laughs) self-explanatory why I enjoy this song. I don't think I need to delve into that very much, but I just attached to this song from the first listen. It obviously helped that it was the first track I heard from this album. And I think that it does a really good job of setting the tone of this album, which, you know, definitely differs from her first album. And it has really great production that I really enjoy. And it took me on a nice little journey in the middle of tech class at 8 a.m. So. I told Sophia, like, before this album came out, this was a single that was kind of floating around before the album. So I told Sophia, I was like, you know what Victoria would really love? Doomsday. I was like, yeah. I was like, I was planning to introduce her very slowly but surely to Lizzie McAlpine and Doomsday comes out I was like yeah this is the one I was like I was like we've got her now guys it's like like death like pulling the plug right up Victoria's alley it starts off with pull the plug in September I don't want to die in June just those two lines alone it's and then you you know it's a song Victoria's gonna like and I would agree with Vic on this though like my favorite part is probably just the production because it really complements like the structure of the melody um, especially in the chorus, I really like the slow like beats that it has. Doomsday is close at hand. I'll book the marching band to play as you speak, and like the sound kind of gets bigger, mm-hmm. almost like like a band, a marching band perhaps. <laughs> and it can't go without saying that there is a nice, lovely bone crunch sound in this song. Truly, I think that throughout this album, the production elements were more texturally satisfying 
<laughs> I think that there was more texture to this album than her previous one, whereas her first album was more soft and delicate. This one brought in some more interesting production elements that Victoria were appealing to Victoria more so than <laughs> Yes, very appealing. What I really like about this song story-wise, though, is that I feel as if I could relate to both like the narrator of the story and the narcissistic robot um, murderer <laughs> dude. I could be both of them at the same time. Thanks for sharing. Wow, that's something we didn't need to know. So I think note, that's something everyone needed to know. Let's move on. Okay, the next track is an ego thing. And as we can tell, I did like this song. As well, Victoria, well, Victoria likes Doomsday and Death. I love songs that feed my ego. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I honestly think this song is just kind of fun in, in a strange way because it's, it's a lot of fun to sing, I would say. And I really like the placement of the words. It's an ego thing mm -hmm. inside the song because it's really exciting and it really sets the tone of the song very well. And it's a great follow-up track to Doomsday. I think these songs were put in a very good order just because Doomsday is a big, like, long orchestral, not even orchestral, but, like, a big, like, build-up piece of music. And if she had followed it up with something either too cheesy pop, which she doesn't yeah. do cheesy pop, but, like, that's not the point, or something super, like, slow and, like, lyrical, I don't think it would have had the same impact and it would have lost its appeal, whereas an ego thing really just, like, built it up even further. What I like about this song is that it's not really... Okay, well, it is, it has a normal-ish uh, structure, but I feel like when I was listening to it, it didn't come off as a formulaic song at all. And I like how it starts with the words, guns drawn, slow down. And then it's mirrored in verse two with sharp knife, loaded gun. Victoria likes violent things. If there are two ways we can do this, I which would be more fun. Okay. People are going to get concerned, Victoria. You cannot say things like this. I honestly, I, I agree with Vic. Somewhat. No, 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 no. I agree <laughs> on her other point. Okay. <laughs> um, I was going to say, don't throw yourself down that No, hole. no, 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 no. I would never, Victoria. <laughs> um, I would agree that her songs never seem very formulaic just because she does things like she moves the song at the pace she wants it to move, not at like what it should be. So I don't know. The pre-chorus feels like it could be like, it's just like a break in the song almost. And, and I think that's what Victoria is referring to. And she does that in a lot of songs. Yeah. Yeah. What she also does in a lot of songs is does this really good buildup at the end of the song that there's a shift in tone at the end of the song that kind of drives the point home in a really uh, good way because of the way the production changes. So in this song, there's like a pickup in the beat and in the melody. And okay, so Genius labels this as an outro, not an outro in my mind, but the, I guess the last part of the song where 
you get more of a uh, melodic singy. You get some ooze instead of the short words, short lines that have been occurring in the earlier parts of the song. And my favorite line is the last line, which is, uh, if this is what I get, I swear I won't be honest anymore. Because that just really where I won't be honest yeah I'm gonna know you're telling the truth (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a it's a whole full circle thing from the whole idea of an ego thing that she presented in the like first chorus all right let's move on to erase B next which is my favorite song off of the album (laughs) it's such a good song oh my god I think that there's a lot to love about this song but we were talking about production before for me the production of this song was unmatched oh my god it was just so much good stuff in here starting from the verse the first verse where we get the little echo the little tinkling echoes on the words rum and drug I like that a lot and then I like how the buildup of the song we get a really soft buildup is so good yeah the buildup is really good we get her soft lovely lizzie voice all the way up until the end where she pulls this like super gritty and shouty like who will erase me final hurrah at the end and i just love the lead in lead into that so much her voice like gets like dry yeah it's like a dry crunchy it's a dry scream type of thing and then the final chorus she just has so much more power in her voice when she says like concept okay we're gonna trail this back when she says the line that kind of takes the title now you're fading and i wonder who will erase me so this song is interesting not only just melodically but also in concept In terms of the concept, I think this one was really, really strong. She's talking about kind of moving on from a relationship or trying to at least and spending time with someone new, trying to like push the memories and the feelings out of her brain, out of her heart. And she's saying, now you're fading in my my life. And I wonder who is going to be that person for you, who will erase me. And I think that is so cool. It is. It really is. I especially love the don't answer me. I'm calling just to hear you scream. It's like she knows that it's wrong. It's like, don't answer me. Don't do it. Yeah, I also really love that line. For me, this song was a grower. So I didn't immediately attach onto it, as I'm sure you two did. Um, but it definitely grew on me in the past like two weeks. It's been really bad in the past two weeks. But what drew me in from the beginning was the melody of the chorus and how the melody was um, shifted and, you know, built up before the last chorus. And I think that just in general, in this album, that's what makes me appreciate and re-listen to this album so much uh, is because of the buildups in every single one of these songs. Okay, let's move on to Called You Again. This one also, this one, in the last two days, suddenly I have a big thing for this one. Good, yeah. 
I have, I feel like I relate to this, not like very, very specifically this, just because I think like here she's talking more about like a romantic relationship and like I'm not, (laughs) But, but I think it's really, it's a really appealing song just because I feel like a lot of people have experiences with trying to hold on to something that, you know, you probably should just let go and mm. it's awkward and it's weird but you keep trying because you still care yeah. i know <laughs> and the, the chorus really portrays that feeling really well not only melodically but my favorite line of the song is so i make my bed and sleep in it alone yeah i also never know when to stop talking <laughs> i think that overall my favorite part of the song is just how it flows because to me, the way that she structured the verses and the choruses around these like kind of flowy beats in the background is just really, really clever. I like the way that she pronounces, first of all, I like her enunciation a lot in general. Very, very satisfying to me and I don't know why. But um, I think that the flow of the song is what made me like it so much from the very beginning. The chorus is so satisfying. I would agree with you. It just, it builds up really nicely and it flows like it in waves. It comes in waves and that should be. Yes. But I never know when to to stop stop talking. And it's, it's really nice where she puts the emphasis on the words because it makes it it builds it up so much more nicely than if she were to just kind of smooth it over because what she's talking about is kind of rocky and yeah it's really nice that the chorus reflects that I think she has a really good perception of how to formulate a song not just you know write the words or not just do the production but to be able to put the lyrics and the sound behind them together and to make it um like an experience not just a song and i also really like this song has a little bit less of a uh, no it has a good build-up but the in the bridge you get a more um abrupt build-up so you get the quiet part in the beginning of the bridge and then it gets back up to the all I do is hurt you and all I do is cause you pain and then it drops off again and it's and it's like Sophia was saying it's such a wave that you can picture in your mind okay final build-ups yeah speaking of build-ups let's talk about all my ghosts yes talk about a slurpee for free that first line got me i want my slurpees for free i talk about this a lot on this podcast but i really love it when songs capture specific specific moments in time like i've said it all the time i said it before a lot like when artists bring in these really specific memories or instances and they name places and smells and tastes and things like that and this song for me was exactly that like the 7-eleven the mac and cheese in the second verse. I love everything about this song too, because you can kind of get this more intimate glimpse into her life and what this relationship was like for her. And the way that she 
portrays it using all of these different senses. It just makes me so happy. I love it. What I love about this song is how it starts off with like with her fears and her memories and then it builds up in the bridge. I can see it now. The wedding of the year. And something about men crying at weddings makes me really, <laughs> really happy. <laughs> so when she says he stands up there and wipes like, his as tears, you should. I was like, yeah, you should be crying. You should. <laughs> And then it's like the all my ghosts disappear. It's like that closure that I like because it's like a full circle type of yeah. story. And then it comes back to the opening lyrics. You got a Slurpee for free. I caught you looking at me in a 7-Eleven under fluorescent lights. What I like about the song is that it tells this entire story in such a small amount of time. And again, the production buildup in this song when you get to the bridge and all the drum hits between each of the lines really sells the whole thing um but i like how it ends with because i hate all of my habits but i happen to love you i hope that's true it's cute it's so cute you know what else is cute Reckless Driving. <laughs> wow, that's the cutest song in this whole album. <laughs> These segues are like getting worse and worse as we as we keep going. But don't worry, I have a phenomenal ad segue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Reckless Driving was, I think, in all of our brains, the opener for this era. Even though technically Doomsday was first, Reckless Driving was the marks the beginning of this era. Um, and it was the best opening to an era that anyone has ever done. I'll go out and say that. Like, I was hooked on this song from the first listen. And this made me, like, 300 million times more excited for this album to come out. Listen, I had been waiting for this song because she teased it, like, so many times. Like, she teased it so much. And I was like, like when, when it wasn't supposed out? to have a feature and when the lyrics were different. And then all of a sudden it was out. And I was like... I don't love you like that. <laughs> it was just so perfect. And the feature I didn't see coming, but I really like it because mm-hmm. then it allows for the kind of the back and forth style that I we have. That. The call and um, response. In the bridge-ish type of thing. Or well, it's like the final chorus, but it's like very it's like strange looking. Yeah. And then the bridge is really cool because it's just it's just Lizzie. But then she has like these harmonies on the last like words of each line. And it's like, be here. When like, you lose sharp. control. Yeah. And they're very sharp and mm-hmm. cool and funny. <laughs> and one of my, wow, so funny. One of my favorite things about this song is that the concept is actually brought to life because in the final chorus, we get this, you know, banter style you know singing thing from the two of them and it starts to sound like an argument and then at the very end they go one day it will kill us if I and then it just like breaks off like they crushed the car so this song was an entire experience like a whole movie I don't know played through my mind when I first listened to the song and I was it was it hit a lot harder than the other songs on or, you know, before it just because of the fact I think the um, duet style helped it 
just to tell a love story in this tragic way with a really good metaphor. Like Romeo and Juliet. Thank you for that. <laughs> and what I like is that the, you know, the two, let's say, characters in this story, it's still sweet and cute in the like verses. Yeah. But then like, every time you get back to the, they crash the car. Every time they crash the car, then it's like brought back to reality that it's a tragic ending. She's literally talking about how she doesn't love him in the whole time. Fine. His verse. <laughs> okay. Before this gets any weirder, let's move on to weird. <laughs> Better than Sophia's last one. That's true. <laughs> okay. So... I think at this point, you can take a shot for every time I say voice filter on this podcast and you'd be dead by the time you got through all the episodes. <laughs> but even, the voice, one. even one. The voice filter on the song was my favorite thing. And it just brings this like really dreamy and like, I think the voice filter on the song is kind of like an echo to her clouded perception of herself. And again, as I was saying with Reckless Driving, she has a knack for bringing her songs to life in a way. And she does that again here. So that was one of my favorite things about the song. Honestly, I love the feature. I feel like Lizzie chose some really great features for this whole album. Yeah, I agree. I honestly, this one definitely was a grower for me, but I really just like the way they hold out the word weird. Yeah. Maybe I'm weird. <laughs> it's like a twang. Yeah, it's really it's comforting to know that other people feel like crazy all the time. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, maybe everyone's a little bit crazy. That's fine. What I like about this song is uh, I like the underlying house metaphor where we go from the basement to the ceiling it's and halls. <laughs> knew that was coming. <laughs> so did I. Um, Walked yourself into a trap, Victoria. <laughs> I set that trap for her. <laughs> um, anyway, I like how this song definitely slows it down a little bit from, you know, the last couple of very intense songs. And it's smack in the middle of the album and you get to get a little more thoughtful um, and less violent. <laughs> Pity. Victoria Victoria likes being violent. So. I agree with Sophia though that this one was a grower for me. And I the more I listened to it, the more I appreciated the whole maybe I'm weird and off the wall. <laughs> Sophia's on a in a hate crime mood today. I am. Lizzie might be weird, but you know what's not weird like at all? This what? ad break. <laughs> this ad break, you know. Super cool, so super crazy. Don't leave. <laughs> hey guys, we're back and we are going to talk about ceilings. So to continue the house metaphor <laughs> that Vic was going on about in Weird, we have this song starting off with ceilings plaster. To me, this is the type of like 
romantic movie-esque song you would listen to in the rain yes and you're like in a upset mood but like you want to be more upset (laughs) i like how this song is again a full story in i don't know three minutes and how it you start with it being really sweet and then it ends tragic again but I like how the lyrics parallel where in the beginning it feels like the start of a movie and at the end it's the end of the movie wow that was really insightful Victoria thank you for that insight you're welcome okay I'd like to kind of counter it I feel like this wasn't really tragic she just like made it all up in her head and I feel like that was really interesting no that is tragic realizing you're making something up in your head sucks no it doesn't yes it does I do it all the time 100% does it 100% sucks no it 100% sucks when you're like making up this entire thing in your head and then you realize it's just like in your head and there's nothing you can actually do about it I agree because the the first the lyrics in the first verse are so sweet and I feel like it's so crushing at the end when it ends up being it's not real and it doesn't exist it's giving I want to bang my head against a wall. <laughs> that was aggressive. That was very aggressive. Okay. I feel like we should move on before somebody gets into a fight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or Anusha bangs her head into the wall. <laughs> what a what shame. shame. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> okay. Okay. Whew. We're moving on to what a shame now. Okay. So this song was actually devastating (laughs) and I think that specific choices made on Lizzie's side in terms of the lyrics made it more subtly devastating like saying you can do any or do anything you want to run your hand through my hair and then in the chorus we have the she's got you under lock and chain too late to let her down it's like really subtle choices like anything you want to like she's got you under lock and chain it's like really small things like that that convey a tone of desperation in a way I also think in the first verse when she says I'm a little bit tougher than all of your other girlfriends it's like oh ex-girlfriends and then you get to the chorus it's like no honey not ex-girlfriends real life current girlfriends and that's why this relationship won't ever work out which is very sad extremely sad um yeah but it's really sad and the second verse really she like cements it and she's like brings it home please make me laugh and kiss me back like please beg it in the ways that i want you it's very very sad yeah, but it's it's a little low on our rankings, I will say. But I feel like just because this song is chock full of amazing work and it's really difficult to kind of rank really good pieces of art. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> Which it. We, it's a little demeaning, the ranking system, but I feel like it's necessary. It's necessary for what we do here when we tear each other apart based on our <laughs> Yeah, in case we need to start a fight. In case we need to start a fight. All in a day's work, guys. All in a day's work. In case you just trying to fight. Speaking of starting fights and violent things, let's talk about firearms. Oh my gosh, more violent. This album was made for Victoria. Oh yeah. Okay, 
what I like about Firearm is that it gives happier than ever vibes with the that's like, what I do. Like, like screw you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and it also like Loki comes out of nowhere. Yeah. It just like happens. You're like, wow, that that was. That no, was it something. really does give happier because than ever vibes. That's just in the so first true. verse, she's getting high out the window and's not telling her mom, and then all of a sudden she's screaming. Oh, and then she starts yelling at him. No, but I really like the sudden release of emotions because we don't see that from her at yeah. all in any of her other tracks. We always see this gradual buildup or something that's soft throughout or something that's a little more upbeat throughout, but we never see this explosion from her. And what I love about the song is it felt like she was holding back until the bridge. It's like a slingshot. She's like pulling it back and then she just releases it all on the bridge, which makes it that much more, you know, satisfying to listen to when it when the bridge does arrive yeah and I also think that it's a little sad though I mean a lot of these songs are sad but that she that she was able to write the song this way and end the bridge with you had me convinced that you loved me like that's that's like messed up Anyway, what I wanted to say is that I find it interesting that, I mean, What a Shame was the track that came before this. And then she ends this chorus with What a Shame that I put up with you. And I feel like it's interesting that if you like, it kind of juxtaposes the other What a Shame, the context of What a Shame that you, you're still with her. And then in this one, it's like, what a shame that I ended up putting up with you. So it's like, she does know the other side of things. She does know the other side exactly. of the story. And I love how she just ends it in the final chorus. She talks about the firearm in the final chorus. She's saying, you sleep with a firearm and I should have pulled it on you. <laughs> I was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> but don't worry, she doesn't have the energy. So it won't happen. <laughs> This Loki gives me easy wanting to push someone into a volcano. Yeah. <laughs> and hope does sudden. Hope does sudden. Yes, at least it's not a slow, painful death. It goes, I wish you a happy birthday. And he's, I'll pull you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It went from zero to 100 really, really fast. Okay. Okay, let's move on. That song is so funny to me. Love volcano. Okay. Let's talk about Hate to be Lame. So Hate to be Lame is the song that features Phineas and it was also the first song I actually listened to off the album so I listened to the single as it was released as a single and then you know like a week later when I decided that maybe I should actually get into Lizzie then I re-listened to it in the context of the album I have to say it makes a lot more sense within the context of the album than just being a random song what I love about this is that it's not just a Lizzie song. And that might sound like a super obvious statement because it has a feature on it, it has Phineas on it. But one of my favorite things is that the songwriting is very evidently a blend of both. Yeah. I feel like that it's always on the tip of my tongue is very Phineas. Right. And then the article on the internet is extremely yeah. Phineas. Yeah. That's exactly I love the way they say I love the way they say internet. It's like internet yeah internet <laughs> it's almost internet. like they missed the second syllable it's just like in a net yeah i just i love his voice i love his style i was just listening to blood harmony today again blood harmony <laughs> <laughs> these two are like made for each other <laughs> to write yeah. these songs Ugh. and they, they're always hating something 
it's funny and they're it's always they're, love they're always they're like always hating love they're like i hate that i love you it's like choosing hate yeah, yeah. choosing hate about love <laughs> anyways no but they are truly like the perfect collab because they just fit together so well i think their story writing styles are very like they mirror each other a lot and the way that their voices sound together is so pretty yeah what i like about this story is that it's more of an innocent love like maybe a high school romance type thing and i feel like a lot of her other songs are more are deeper relationships but in verse two when in the lyric when it's but i stop myself from saying it tell myself it's not the right time or something dumb i feel like that's so high school <laughs> yeah so innocent and the whole and the entire hate to be lame but i i might love you is such a uh innocent way of thinking you know Vic, and... it's hard to be in love with a loser <laughs> it's terrible <laughs> terrible my god sophia <laughs> what <laughs> it's true <laughs> let's move on to nobody likes a secret before sophia does any more hate criming okay you know what nobody does like a secret just want to put that out there it's true. Yeah. This song is so short. Yeah, sometimes secrets are <gasps> good. I have to add it to my short songs playlist. <laughs> okay. So I, I think Most... about the song as kind of like the interlude of the album. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. The, just okay. The just, that was just me. And like intro by Sean Mendes. <laughs> <laughs> it deserves a spot on there. You know what I think is that I think she's lying because nobody likes a secret i don't agree with that it's like some secrets are good secrets it's just are that fun i feel yeah secrets are fun and i think that the way that she goes nobody likes a secret as opposed to like i don't like the secret or like but it's like an expression nobody likes yeah it's like nobody likes the secret that's what i'm saying it's like definitely tells you a little bit about her state of mind when you when she was writing the song she's giving oh. back 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 stabber <laughs> <laughs> okay i also really like um the idea of like the gist of it being that he was bragging about never loving her and she's saying like i don't really get how you could say that and be proud of it especially because it's not true yeah it's like you know? mm-hmm. i get that i do it's like it's kind of like a betrayal when someone's like, oh, I didn't really care about them that much. And you you were really in nah, I didn't like them like, anyway. And you were like, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Nobody likes a secret. And I was always yours. Mm. That's really sad. It's extremely sad. This whole album is so sad. I just want to give her a big hug now. That's <laughs> why Vic likes it. <laughs> we're moving on again. Okay. Vic, do you have anything to add? No, all I needed to say was nobody does like a secret. Thanks for sharing. Okay. That's all I wanted to share. You have sad Speaking of sad songs, we're going to move on to getting worse. Just- it does keep getting worse, but then we have our little salvation moment at the end, so it's okay. like fine. Okay, chemtrails makes me sob. 
but no, I'm I just, like, so upset. I like, sat there like, one night just like rocking back and forth, like crying. It was it was definitely not my proudest moment, really. But oh, this I feel like this is the requisite like sad, depressing personal song on the album. Like sob your eyes out until you can't breathe. It's like cry. Go. Do it now. Or do else, it. I dare you. Or you're heartless. <laughs> do it. I dare you. The weekend right now. <laughs> it's, it's, okay, go. It's not even like it's just, uh, you know, like a normal song that happens to be about a sad event. The way that it's written makes it even worse. And the way that the lyrics parallel each other, as she does very well in many of her songs but the one that always gets me is the i still play with my food yeah that's exactly the lyric i was clicking at on yeah i don't know but i don't play with my food like that's not something i do but that lyric gets me every time like i still play with my food i'm a child at the grown-ups table like imposter syndrome and it's really sad because you think about it in context is like like your parents are supposed to watch you grow up, right? And it's like something that you do when you're little is playing with your food and your parents are supposed to be like, don't do that. And you know, the fact that she grew up and and that's not something that can happen anymore, but now she still feels like a kid inside because she's really hurt. Right. But I don't know. It just it really hurts. Yeah. It's like out of place. It does hurt. Every time a song gets really personal to the artist, there's, like, no way you cannot like it. I know. It hurts really bad when, like, people put in painful, like, voice memos, especially when they're done effectively. And I feel like I talk about this a lot. There's a right way to do a voice memo in a song. And this is the right way. (laughs) Devastating. It's like to throw in the final punch that, like, this is real. Like, yeah, I'm singing about it. This is real. This if is you were, if you weren't crying before, there's no chance you're not crying. I know, and the way that it ends with "say good night" and then "good night," it's giving. As Gabby Gill would say, "I got sad, tingly butterflies." <laughs> oh, Gabby Gill! I cannot with that girl. I want to cry. <laughs> okay, before any of us actually start sobbing, let's move on to the final track of this album. Orange Thank show Thank goodness this ended on a higher note. Yeah, I'm actually really grateful that this is how the album closed because otherwise I would be like yeah. extremely upset. When your best friends are with disturbed. you and you feel okay. Yeah, you feel okay. That's how we're, we're gonna we're right gonna now. Uh, I love this song so much. It just it gives the much needed like built up grand finale that this amazing album deserves. Yeah. And I just love the words Orange Show Speedway. For some reason, really like that. I really like that she's very specific with it. I fell in love at the Orange Show Speedway. And it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, I fell in love with the part. No, I fell in love with the Orange Orange Show Speedway. Speedway. I also love how it's like not Orange Show. It's like Orange Show. Yeah. Orange Show Speedway. Orange Show. My favorite line from the chorus is after, you know, I fell in love with the Orange Show Speedway, and then it goes, or someplace like that, it all looks the same. It's like she doesn't remember the place, she remembers the feeling, which is the important part. Right. Yeah. Also, 
what a shame again girl that's her like favorite saying what a shame what a shame oh well I think one of my favorite lines is in the first verse where she goes because your name isn't spoken but I'm speaking it yeah yes and the harmony when she goes speaking Mm -hmm. it it's like I feel like she's almost embarrassed of that but like in a cute way it's like your name isn't spoken but I'm speaking it like no what I like about this song is that it's about relationships right it's about her it's there are lines referencing a romantic relationship and then there are there's a whole lot about her and her friends being friends yeah you know my I really like the we were just friends riding on the line between acceptable and angering your girlfriend line I feel like that's such a yeah that's like, a good way to rebellious put it. thing I don't know between friends and angering your girlfriend I also love that the album, the name of the album, comes in the outro yes. of the last track. The name You're drop to the entire album, and just when it's ending, it goes. You're racing headfirst towards something that'll kill you in five seconds flat. And Giving like, reckless driving. It's like wow, that's where it comes from. It's really, it's a fun name for an album. Oh yeah, this album isn't fun. It's very sad, <laughs> upsetting. I mean, I mean, it has it's fun moments. I would say. But it's, it's really creative. I feel like very original. You have album names that are like, eh, it exists. It's flat. It's such a It's really, fun really good. Name. Like it's, it's You really know what I also like about Five Seconds Flat is that it compliments Give Me a Minute. Yes. Yeah. I love, I love the two of them together and this album just came out, but her career is like spanning ahead of her. And I'm just so excited that I know we were able to listen to her this early on in her career. Her show sold out so quickly. I know. I was deeply upset by that. Okay. Well, let's not have this deeply upsetting conversation <laughs> over anger and let's instead have it after this episode. So with that, thank you guys so much for listening. We are so excited to be back in the swing of things and even more excited to hear what you guys have to say. So make sure to reach out to us on our Instagram, which is at the Speaking of Music podcast or our TikTok, which is at Speaking of Music podcast. So make sure to follow those for all the latest updates and reach out to us. As always, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.